Hi everyone, as Carissa said, my name is Shirley and I'm on the teaching team here at ECV. And I'm really excited to be here. It's been a while. The last time I preached was in the spring, so it's good to be up here again. Um, and I'm really excited to continue our sermon series with you all today called Be Not Afraid. And so actually, as someone who struggles a lot with fear, I'm actually really excited and really thankful to share with all of you some of what God has shared with me over the years about what it means to be not afraid. So in the past four weeks of this sermon series, we've been recounting stories in the Bible in which fear comes up. Oh, there's a clicker. Thank you. Okay, um, so yeah, as someone who struggles a lot with fear, the first thing that I want to convey when it comes to this sermon series, Be Not Afraid, is that this is not a command to not have experience or feel fear. To be not afraid is not to aspire to the absence of fear. In fact, this is simply an invitation to courage, which I've heard as do the thing, do it afraid. If it was about not feeling fear, then I would be failing this all the time, and all of the people in the Bible that we've been talking about would be failing this left and right. And so the stories that we've told in the past couple weeks, they're not about not feeling fear or not having fear. They are about people who, when fear comes up and when they feel that fear, they do the thing anyways. They move in obedience, they move towards God, they move towards other people asking for help, as Kiana said two weeks ago. For example, a couple weeks ago, Josh started the sermon series with the story of Mary. For her, when fear came up, she asked God, she talked to God, she said, how can this be? She talks to God and eventually she says, okay. Um, three weeks ago, Tina preached on King Jay, King Jehoshaphat, and how he poured out his fear in prayer, talking to God about how afraid he was. A couple weeks ago, um, Kiana talked about the prophet Elijah and about how Elijah is very afraid and feels a lot of fear to the point of despair. And still, Elijah talks to God, is met by God, and is provided for in his fear. And last week, Patrick reminded us that God reassures us in our fear. In the passage in Luke, God is not saying, little flock, don't feel afraid, don't have this emotion. God is saying, it's okay to be afraid. It is my delight to give you the kingdom even when you are afraid. And so again, personally, as someone who does feel a lot of fear, my hope is that you almost become friends with your fear, become familiar with it, so that it isn't something that stops you or paralyzes you when it comes up, but that even when it comes up, you move in it. You move towards God, you move towards others, at this point, when fear comes up, it reminds me what I really care about, what really matters to me, what there might be stakes about. And so again, be not afraid is an invitation to courage, to do the thing, do it afraid. And so today, the thing that we're gonna be talking about is the specific example of speaking. And not just public speaking, though that's a very common fear and it makes a lot of sense. When it comes to speaking, speaking can be very public and that's when we become afraid. Saying something, whether it's just to one person or to a whole group of people, leaves us open to being judged. It leaves us open to being misunderstood, rejected, some of our worst fears. And using our voices is one of the most important and common things that we do. 
Currently, we've been in an eight-month-long conversation as a church about sexuality, sex, and gender, and our differences in it. And part of that journey has been learning how to speak to one another. I think back to the Resetting the Table sessions in which Resetting the Table, an outside organization, came in to teach us how to speak from our own personal experiences when we have differences, to tell our stories, share where we came from, and then to speak. They taught us how to pause, to slow down, and to listen enough so that that kind of care and curiosity for the other person is reflected in our speaking. Right now, I'm in a new relationship, and I'm learning how much speaking and communication matters. <laughs> I'm learning how important it is to say the things that I'm unsure about, to share my feelings even when it feels vulnerable, to use my voice to encourage and affirm. In our jobs, we often have to use our voices to say something that we can feel afraid of or that we're worried about, whether it's a salary negotiation, asking for a performance review, asking for a mentorship, which is asking someone to invest in your career and development and think you're worth it. Maybe you have fear around expressing disappointment or hurt to someone, a coworker, a friend, a family member. Maybe you're afraid of saying sorry for something you know you've done. Maybe you're afraid of telling someone how you really feel about something. Maybe you're afraid of telling someone no to something. Maybe you're afraid of telling someone yes to something. When we say things, that can bring up fear. And as a friend reminded me, fear can actually feel like a whole bunch of things. So if you look at this handy dandy emotion wheel, um, which I would really recommend using, it just gives us language for all the different complex ways that our emotions show up. So if you look at the fear part, fear can feel like feeling helpless, frightened, overwhelmed, worried, inadequate, inferior, worthless, insignificant, excluded, persecuted, nervous, exposed. So, what about you right now? Is there something that you're afraid to say? So right now, we're going to take a pause. And we're just going to sit with that question um, and see if the Holy Spirit brings anything up for you. Is there something that you are afraid to say? Maybe for you, the Holy Spirit brought something up in the past in which you've said something and now you're thankful that you said it. Maybe the Holy Spirit brought something up that you're currently afraid to say. Or maybe you just notice that there's a lot of resistance, almost a blankness when it comes to tapping into that fear. Fear is 
can be hard and scary to even access. And that's all okay. Just notice it. And so one of my fears actually is preaching. <laughs> so you might be wondering, why am I up here right now? That's my question too. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so the first time that I actually preached at ECV around two years ago, I was literally in tears. Tears. Moments before I got up here, I was so anxious and nervous. I was also crying a month, an hour ago, but <laughs> that time I was crying right before the sermon because I was so anxious and nervous. Um, and since then, especially when it comes to public speaking, I feel like I've learned and grown and experienced so much in what it means to be not afraid and to do the thing anyways. And it hasn't just been in public speaking, in small groups and on Zoom. I've grown little by little over the years to lean into that fear, that fear right before you unmute and say the thing to just do it. And I think that's my hope for us to become aware and attentive when we feel that fear and to lean in a little bit. And so let me pray for us as we begin to turn to scripture. God, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you've been with us. Help us to know that we don't have to be afraid of our fear. Help us to be honest with you so that we can come to you in it. And just be with us today. Help hold us as we bring our fears to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. So now we're going to turn to today's scripture. Um, it is in Jeremiah 1, uh, verses 8 through 10. And so you can feel free to follow along on the screen, or you can bring up your Bibles or your Fibles. Um, but let's read the passage together. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year, of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then Jeremiah said, Ah! Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant.
So, the book of Jeremiah, um, which I would really recommend you read the rest of this chapter, um, it starts off with some history and context of when and where they're at. So it tells us that this story is set in the days of King Josiah of Judah, through the days of Jehoiakim his son, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, and until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. And so basically, these are very tumultuous times that this story is set in. Israel is about to face conquest by conquering powers. They're about to go into captivity. And so this is a very tumultuous time. There's a lot happening. And in the midst of this, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and God asks Jeremiah to speak. And so the thing that God has asked Jeremiah to speak is definitely something that will ruffle some feathers. It's something that will cause conflict, something that has consequences for him. Jeremiah is tasked with telling the Israelites that things aren't as they seem, that God is doing something that they need to pay attention to, that there is justice and mercy that's being ignored for their status quo. And so how can Jeremiah be not afraid and speak? And how do we be not afraid and speak? I think the first thing is we speak when we know how loved we are. So in verse 5, God has said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God says to him, I know you. I cover your mistakes. I'm the one who gives you purpose. These are the things that God says about Jeremiah and about us even before Jeremiah has said or done anything. But it's hard for Jeremiah to believe these things. He doubts it, and we do this plenty as well. Jeremiah says in verse 6, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. And here, importantly, Jeremiah actually talks to God about his fear, and he identifies what he feels like disqualifies him. He says, I can't do this. I'm only a youth. And I think this is one way that fear can show up in our speaking It is the fear of being disqualified from even speaking. So that before we even show up, there's this voice of fear that tells us, don't show up because you're this. When I first started preaching, the very specific fear that I had was that someone one day would tell me that I'm not supposed to be preaching because I was and am young, because I'm a woman, because I'm unqualified, And I remember for the first few sermons, Patrick asked me, who do you feel like you're preaching to? And I realized that I was preaching to that voice of fear. I would write sermons preaching to justify myself to make sure that that person couldn't say I was unqualified, couldn't change that I was young or a woman. I would try to defend myself. And that is another way that fear can show up in us as defensiveness. We can try to defend ourselves against whatever voice might disqualify us, but then we're still moving and still in a place of fear. How does fear show up for you? Does it show up as a disqualifying voice? What do you feel like makes you defensive? 
But we can speak when we know who we are and how loved we are. In the passage, God speaks. God reminds Jeremiah of who he is and importantly of God's relationship with him, which is fundamental to who we are. We are God's. God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then in verse 7, God says to Jeremiah, Do not say I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. I think another way that fear shows up in our speaking is as the fear of failure. Whether that means failing in our speech, saying the wrong thing, getting what we're saying wrong, or failure as a negative consequence of our speech, the loss of a relationship, judgment, rejection. So how do we be not afraid of that fear and speak? Second, we speak when we know God covers us and God rescues us. In verse 7, God simply says to Jeremiah, I'm going to send you somewhere, and you shall go. I'm going to ask you to say something, and you shall speak. God does not say you won't make mistakes. God doesn't say that you won't fail. God doesn't say you'll be perfect. God says, show up and do the thing. And second... God has said to Jeremiah, I'm the one who consecrates you. And then God says, I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And so I think what God says is that even when we fail, even when there are hard consequences like rejection or judgment, God will rescue. That's what that word deliver means, that God can snatch us away and that God can deliver us. And that's what we've been talking about the past couple weeks in this sermon series. We've seen plenty of stories in how God can deliver us in the midst of battle, in the face of an enemy, how God can provide for us, how God delights to give us the kingdom. God says, I am with you to deliver you. And none of that is dependent on a successful outcome. God says, simply go and show up. I think one of the last ways that fear can show up in our lives of speaking is when Jeremiah says, I'm only a youth, I think Jeremiah thinks, I'm disqualified, I can't do this. He says, what if I get it wrong, the fear of failure. And I wonder if last he thinks, what if if what I have to say doesn't matter? What if I'm afraid that my voice doesn't actually matter? And there can be so much opposition against us, and there was for Jeremiah, all of these other prophets and teachers. For us, there are people with more power, authority, knowledge, to the point where maybe we can think, maybe my voice just doesn't matter. But third, I think that we can speak when we know that God takes care of the outcome. So in verse 9, It says, God put out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth. 
God said to Jeremiah, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I think importantly, and later on in verse 12, which isn't here, God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. So we can speak when we know that the words that we have are just words that are a gift from God. We can speak when we know that God is the one who has the power to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. God is the one who is watching over God's words to perform them. God is the one who's put God's words in our mouths. And that's what makes them matter. So we can speak when we know that God takes care of the outcome of God's words. And so, to close, going back to my first sermon at ECV two years ago, when I was crying because I was anxious and nervous about speaking, what released me from my fear, or at least helped me get up here, was a voice message that a friend sent moments before I got up here. He was leaving me a voice message telling me that he wasn't going to make it a service. It was Thanksgiving weekend. That's fine. Um, and he was simply just reminding me that he cared and that he was my friend. And I think that's what God does for us. God reminds us of who we actually are, that we are friends of God, that we are not just what we say, we're not the outcome of what we say. And that's what this friend, Indy, was reminding me of, just that he was here, he was my friend, that I would do this, and he would still be there. And that is still the encouragement that I go back to now. It is what gives me courage when I speak, that I am loved and known, that I am covered in my mistakes, and that I have purpose and that my voice matters. And so I'm going to invite the worship team back up as we go into a couple of invitations. So the first invitation is spend some time this week on some of the questions that came up in this sermon. Is there something that you're afraid of saying? How does fear show up for you as a disqualifying voice? Is there one of these statements of love and truth that you find it hard to believe? That God says, I know you. I consecrated you. And I appointed you. If so, confess that with God or with someone else and see what God or someone else can say in the midst of that. And then the second invitation is practice taking risks. So my high school yearbook quote was, do one thing every day that scares you by Eleanor Roosevelt. I told you all that I've been struggling with fear for a really long time. And so in line with that, take some risks. I don't think I've ever regretted a real risk that I've taken, even if the outcome doesn't turn out the way that I've wanted it to. There are plenty of bad sermons that I've preached, ways that I've hurt people with my words. Remember that God takes care of that outcome. 
So practice taking risks. And so now we'll transition into a time of prayer. And I'll just pray for us as I invite Jesse up. God, God, thank you that you are our friend, that even when fear might tell us something different about who we are, you are our friend and you are close. So even now as we sit here in this room, you are close to us. You want to hear from us. You want to talk to us. You want to care for us. You are our friend. So God, help us to believe that. Believe you as friend. And maybe if for any of us that are sitting here that we have fear coming up. Would we know that we don't have to be afraid of that feeling? It's a feeling. And that you are with us in that feeling, that we can be with you in it. We can share that feeling with someone else. And so God, I just pray um, and invite, yeah, if for anyone as you're sitting here in the sermon, um, if there's anything that has come up, would invite you to go over to our prayer ministers um, and just share that, I'm afraid. I think one of the really helpful things when it comes to fear is just naming what we're afraid of like being really specific. Like, I'm afraid that if I say this, this person will think this of me, or I'm afraid that I'm gonna lose this friendship. And I think sometimes when you say that fear aloud, I think sometimes it can kind of lose its power a little bit. And at the very least, you're not alone in it. So particularly if you feel alone in your fear, talk to someone about it. It can be today, it can be another time, but you really don't have to be alone in your fears.